Now introducing the Minor Wisdom Trio! Minor Wisdom! Shirley Idzikovich is probably one of the most fun guests I've had on, and it only took about 12 to 15 minutes for her to prove that. This is a short episode this week. I grabbed Shirley when she was, uh, when she had just a little bit of time to give me, there it is. And I was very grateful for the amount of energy she put into the short amount of time that she chatted with me. Uh, I've had lots of chats with Shirley. Well, I don't want to say lots. I've had a handful of chats with Shirley over the past few years when she's attended any sort of thespian event. She, she did come to T-Tech a few years ago, pre-COVID. Uh, she has been to big festival in November. Uh, I'm not quite sure if she's been to TXCTA. She might have been, and maybe I talked with her there. I do feel like I've seen her there as well, but uh, she's amazing. And she was on my list of people that I had to get. And I knew that when I got her, it wasn't going to be for very long. Um, and that's exactly what happened. But again, it was full of energy, lots of fun. She was with a client. Um, you'll hear some of that interaction within, you won't hear the client. You'll just hear, um, uh, some stuff, you know, she'll, she'll say some things off off camera, if you will. Um, and, uh, it's just kind of, it was really fun. It was just a fun 15, 20 minutes that I spent with her and recorded about 15 of those. Uh, so it's, it was, it was a good, good time. And I appreciate the time that she gave me, uh, to record. She's a huge deal. I mean, from one huge deal to another, I get it. She's, she has turned into a massive deal relatively quickly over the past few years. And what's funny is, uh, Laura Target, who I work with at Cooper, at least for the next month, she is a full-time costumer. Yeah, full-time costumer at a school. But Laura is brilliant in her own right and um, knows Shirley, has known Shirley for a long time. It's really funny just how small that world is. It's how funny how small the world theater is, but then it's funnier, I guess, comedy, you know, to me, it's hilarious, but it's funny how small the little niche elements of theater are as well. So all the costumers know each other, all the lighting people know each other, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, not et cetera, espresso. Do you want an espresso in your coffee? Espresso, et cetera. Um, so that was fun. Speaking of another, another quote unquote celebrity, <clears throat> I had Jerry Specka on, uh, who is Jerry Specka? Uh, I encourage you to look him up. But he was the theater teacher for Matt Damon and Ben and Casey Affleck. Now, only two of the three are still like public figures. Uh, one of those has been sort of canceled. Uh, but he does mention him in the interview that, that I'll release in a couple weeks. But I chatted with Jerry Specka. Uh, it was, again, <clears throat> like I say this about a lot of interviews, it's my new favorite. Um, you know, you can't have a new favorite uh, unless you keep going, right? Because the old favorite is going to be the only favorite if you don't ever make anything new. How's that for some minor wisdom? But uh, it was an amazing, it was just so fun. Like, this is why I do this, you know? I'm not going to lie. Some of the interviews that I've had over the almost 200 now, pretty lame, no energy, doesn't give me much uh, when I try to ask questions. <clears throat> but that's just a handful. That's few and far between. 
you know, if you want me to name names, uh, Bobby Ramirez, uh, Stuart Savage, Julio Morales, Jared Berry, all those guys, just horrific interviews. Am I right, guys? Anyway, I kid, I kid. That was a joke because I know those four people are likely listening. <laughs> so anyway, um, I this past week uh, was a relatively simple week for me when it comes to productions, but we were prepping for our dance concert and... Uh, what's crazy is those of you that saw the set that we put up for the Count of Monte Cristo, which was literally a, a one-story house, even though it was two two-story set, but it was enough wood and enough stud walls for uh, a one-story house. Um, we took only a part of that down. I've never been a part of a strike that didn't finish, um, but we took a part of that down just so that I could get our scissor lift, yeah, that's right. Cooper has their own scissor lift. Some of you are envious of that. Um, our scissor lift into the black box to take all the lights down so that I can put them all back up in the main stage for a dance concert because it's a massive production. <clears throat> it took me all week to do that. All week. Uh, it shouldn't take that long. But because of just the monstrosity of things that are happening at that school, it did. It took all week. Um I finally said goodbye to my seniors. So at Cooper, seniors have a last day, and then the rest of the school has a last day. So seniors are now done, officially done with class. They have AP testing. Some of them will have finals if they didn't place out of them. But seniors pretty much are, you know, if they don't have any AP classes and they placed out of all their finals, seniors don't graduate until almost the end of May. And yesterday, as I record this, was their last day at my school. So... Uh, said goodbye to all those seniors, the ones that I taught, quote-unquote taught, uh, in my Shakespeare class that I picked up in the middle of the year. So now my schedule goes back to being Cush AF because I have every other day with no students. Anyway, so like I said, if you want to apply since I'm leaving, um, let me know. You know, hit me up on my deems, you know what I'm saying? I'm about to head off to a soccer game. Weather's not so great, but uh, I'm going to go do that. I uh, don't have much more to tell you. Those people that are switching jobs, good for you. I've seen a lot of people online post about, you know, going to new place or leaving a place, things like uh, different schools and all that kind of stuff, or maybe moving up in the world of education. Congratulations to those people. Uh, maybe I'll be making some announcements next week about who's replacing me um, because we've got some interviews this week so coming up. So I, I hope everybody's doing well. Uh, if you're still interested in buying a Minor Wisdom t-shirt or uh, the the Farts shirt that's on there, any one of those shirts, uh, please do so. Leave a rating. Leave a review. Enjoy this short episode this week with Shirley Idzakovich. Really what I, what I want to get to the point of is, is kind of the why. Why do you feel uh, your need to kind of give back in a way to not just educators but also uh, students uh, going around the country, doing these different conventions and such like that? Yeah, great question. Um, I feel like it starts with the teachers and my heart goes out to teachers because it is so hard. I think now, especially after the pandemic and, and everybody. So the apps like TikTok and Instagram, I think just such instant gratification and instant knowing it right now, have to get it all pulled together and, the idea of starting a project and taking five to six months to finish it is almost obsolete. And, and it's hard to say, 
you know what, this is what we're doing and this is how we have to achieve it. We have to start here and go there. So my heart goes to the teachers and trying to get the kids engaged to understand that it takes that process to finish something. You know, when we start a costume that's for somebody that they're wearing on stage, it could take us three, four months to finish that costume. And it's not like we just run somewhere and grab it and buy it and bring it back. So trying to help the teachers, any leg up I can give these teachers, I'm going to try to give them. I'm going to help them. I hate to say it, but if if the teachers, students, hey, we've got somebody the hand on hands on works with these stars, with these people that are a listers that uh, perform on stages. The instant connection right there and right then gets most of the kids' attentions, and and if that's going to help, then that's going to help. That that's just all there is to it. That helps. Sorry, did I lose? You? No, that's going to help there. them. There you go. That's going to help them in the long run with the students and it's going to help them get a little street cred with the students. Cause it's like, Oh, because these students see these teachers every day. And I've had teachers tell me, I have told them that 50 times, but they didn't listen. So you walked in the room and said the exact same thing. And I said, it's like a parent. I said, I have three kids. Mm -hmm. I totally get it. I could tell my kids the same thing, but then when another parent tells them, they're like, Oh, well, so-and-so said, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Yes, I get it. I, I tried to tell you this, but just trying, the teachers really do have my heart, and, and I really want for them to um, know that I'm here for them. The students is just an extra bonus. Being with those students, just, I get to see them, what they do. I get to see what they wear, how they act, how they interact. I mean, it is just so, to me, it it just brings me so down to earth and it gives me so much energy that comes back to me from them because, because I tell them, you know, any question you ask is okay. I don't care what your questions are. They don't even have to be about my business. They can be personal. What do you want me to answer you? I'm a working professional in the business. Tell me what you're thinking. Some of the questions are just crazy. They're just, they don't have any rhyme or reason. And But it's something they want to know. Just because it's not important to me, it's important to them. And and getting them to connect with me on that level is very important. Hang on one second. Macy. I need you to text I really quick. She's called me three times. Okay, sorry. But sorry. I just feel like getting down to the base of where the next generation of people that work in theater, film, and TV, and letting them know what the reality really is. This is not a course that you can take in high school or in college. Me telling you reality of what my day or week is you're going to look at me and say, that's not possible. And I'm going to look at you and say, that's reality. Yeah. For them to understand the reality. Because what they see is that one picture at the end or how beautiful it is or how much press it got, which is fine. But to get to that point, oh my God, I've been on a plane for 18 hours. I stuck at an airport for four hours. I haven't eaten anything solid in six hours. I'm tired. Oh, that looks good. Sorry. That looks really good. I'm make, 
Okay, I'm telling that I'm being recorded, so they go behind me. If you already knew who was behind me, you would die. It looks good. No, I'm fine. Okay, but um, I just want them to know that it's not all fun. Yeah. It's not. I was in L.A. for two weeks for the Oscars, for doing other things. I had to fly to New York City two days ago, all night long, landed on Wednesday morning, had to go straight to my apartment, get my kit, go straight to a shoot, which I did a shoot with a um, NFL quarterback from the Philly Eagles. Um, so cool. I mean, I get to meet a lot of different people. Yeah. I was at the shoot all day, had to run to CVS when I got home, had to do laundry when I got home, had to eat when I got home, had to be up Thursday morning, go to another shoot for an actor that's doing Nike Air movie for three red carpets, had to go back to my apartment, grab my bag, run back to the airport and fly back to LA. Yeah. I've gotten like three hours of sleep <laughs> and now I'm with someone working all day trying to get ready for a red carpet right. with them. It is when I do rest, I rest hard. Right. And that's what I tell the students, you know what? On my downtime, I take my downtime. I take it seriously. I try really hard to make sure I take care of me. It's not easy. But this lifestyle is hard. Yeah. And 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 I get asked that question all the time. Like I get asked, you know, well, I want to be this and I want to be that. And I said, I'm going to tell you right now, if you're not 110% dedicated, it'll eat you alive within the first three months. Yeah. And, and you're going to get so turned off about it find yourself in a trade school or in college for four years to really see if this is what you, what you want to do. Cause I, I always get kids to say, well, I just want to go straight to work. And I'm like, I don't think that's a good idea because I think in the four years that you were going to school or trade school or some kind of union, that four years is your time to grow and see, do I really want this or do I really want that? Or do I really want something else? Because you know what? I could say, oh, I want to design. I would love to do that. But the reality is I'm a better builder. I'm a better seamstress. I'm a better drawler. I'm a better management person. Yes. You know, what? Where my, where does my, you know, high skills really land? And it's hard to find those when you're 18, 19, 20. I'm 56 and I'm still finding out skills that I love. And skills that I don't love. Yeah. You know, who can I pass this on to so I can do what I really love? Yeah. So, but that's why I do the education route because I feel it's so important for them to see the reality of it, not the glamour of it. Because the glamour of it is just a second. Yeah. The reality is it a year building up to that minute or yeah. second. Yeah. So, so can I ask you one more question? Sure. Because it's a it's a podcast about education and and educators and theater and everything, so I got to find out what your kind of original initial introduction and and motivation to become a costumer a designer. Uh, who is it that kind of brought you into that world or inspired you? Well, I I was always the child that got in lots of trouble because <laughs> I cut things up tore things up, rearranged things. I mean, I just didn't like the status quo of what it came to me as, yeah. especially when it came to me dressing. I can tell you, I was probably 
a poster child for the first ADHD drugs, and I just didn't know it. And that's fine with me. I just didn't think, I mean, they would say, you know, let's read this book, you know, going to the junior high and high school, read stories. And they were like, oh, you know, the, the villain. And then Kim came around and I'm looking at him like, there was someone in the story named Kim. Hmm. I read the whole book and didn't get it. And, you know, did, later on in life, I didn't even realize that I, my brain was dyslexic and I, I flipped a word. I skipped paragraphs. I, I, you know, back in the day, we didn't understand that. And I really, my comfort zone was physically hands on doing it with and seeing it. So really young, I just, and I feel like I just kind of paved my own way. I always loved fashion when I was 15 you know, my dad had to sign a paper that I could go to work. I wanted to work. I wanted to work in a jean store. I wanted to work in retail. I was, I felt so comfortable and so at ease. And I worked at this store in our tiny little town because we didn't even have malls. We had nothing like that. And and this lady who owned it was from Nicaragua. And I was like, you're amazing. And she knew Every I thought she was the guru of fashion. She taught me so much. She just really did take me under. And I'm still friends with her today. She's just lovely. But I really didn't find my passion until I got married. I just kind of went through everything, got married. And when my oldest daughter was in sixth grade and went to school and said, Mom, we're going to have a play and I'm auditioning. And I'm like, oh, that's nice don't think anything of it. And she calls me, I was away on a business trip and she calls me and she said, mom, I got the lead of the play. And I'm like, oh, that's great. And she goes, I'm Annie. And I'm like, oh, that's amazing. Then when I got home, the director's like, I hear you can sew. And I'm like, yeah, just a little bit. She goes, well, if you want to help me do like a red dress for Annie, that'd be great. Like I thought she needed it that night. So yeah. I made it that night, <laughs> send it in the next day. And that she called me immediately. She goes, oh, my gosh. She goes, can you do some orphan costumes? I'm like, well, what do you want them to look like? I really wasn't into theater. I was more in fashion. Right. And it just grew from there. I didn't even know this world of theater and education. And and then, you know, it just breaks down into 50,000 subcategories of scenic and lighting and electricians and costumers and all of this. And, oh, I was, I thought, oh, I found my tribe. I found my people. Yeah. And I really did. But, you know, in the, since the pandemic, it's my journey has been more into fashion and red carpets right. and and private. And only because, you know, theater's taken so much time to get back up on its feet. But, you know, it is getting there. And it's, we're almost back. But now I'm back into the fashion realm. And I'm like, man, I really like this. I, I missed this, but I get to do a little bit of everything. I'm actually working on an off-Broadway show that was before the pandemic off-Broadway and it's moving to Broadway. So, you know, there's always so much on my plate with both theater and fashion, but I always want to keep the educational part front and foremost yeah. because I have a group on Facebook called Costuming for Everyone and it's a mentoring group, and it's just for high school and college costumers and directors. And But now there's so many more people in the group. And, you know, the three rules of the group is you can't sell anything. You have to be nice. You have to be 
not judgmental on anything. And you have to be able to understand that this group is a learning group. This isn't a group that, oh, this is what I can do, blah, blah, blah. And and it's so funny because there's so many people that come in and they're like, oh, I've been costuming my shows for 12 years and blah, 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 blah. And someone will say in the group, well, do you know what Shirley does? And I'm like, guys, it doesn't matter what I do. I'm still learning. Yeah. If I want to learn something, I'll go take a class or I'll go learn how to do it. I will call someone who's the absolute best in the world of doing it and I'll tell them I'll pay you to teach me. Yeah. And half the time, Blake, they teach me and I'm like, I've learned enough that I don't ever want to do this again. I will pay you to do it because I don't want to do that. But I think it's just, it was just always in my blood, always doing things. I was the kid in junior high that wore two different color shoes. (laughs) I'm going to wear a red shoe and a blue shoe and I'm happy about it. I'm not going to let anyone else tell me this is wrong. I like this. You know, even today at 59, I'm going to wear this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, this is how I want to be individual looks, individuality. And I think that's so important to teach the next generation. But I think they are so strong. I love this next generation coming up. I tell them every time I see them, I'm counting on you to lead us. I'm counting on you to make everything better in every genre of your life and our life. Because you're going to be taking care of us. That's all there is to it. But. Well, That's great. how it got started, yeah. and I, I still feel like I'm learning constantly every day from so many different things. I mean, you never know. You never stop learning, right. and that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. The sound you hear in the background of my daughter is playing FIFA. Happy birthday to me. Minor Wisdom.